Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Barely Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Dobius, here to recap the free agent moves for week one. Uh, This is as of the 20th of March. Almost forgot what month it was there. This is as of the 20th of March. Kenny Galladay just signed with the Giants. There's a little timestamp for you. So if I missed any players, uh, it's probably just because it hasn't happened yet for me. So uh, I'm just going to recap every fantasy-relevant free agent signing. I'm going to go team by team, division by division, and uh, just give give my thoughts on it and the fantasy implications towards it. So starting out AFC East, uh, we got the Buffalo Bills. Not many fantasy-relevant players here. Mitch Trubisky signed. That's a big name. Uh, he signed as a backup. Obviously, he's not going to start over Josh Allen. Um, Emmanuel Sanders signed with the Buffalo Bills. That's a another big name. However, I do not believe he'll have any fantasy implications. Uh, it seems like Gabriel Davis will be the wide receiver three, uh, just behind Cole Beasley and, of course, Stephon Diggs. Jacob Hollister also signed a one-year deal with the Bills, formerly on the Seattle Seahawks. Could potentially be fantasy relevant, but you should not be drafting him uh, at all. So it's someone to keep an eye on because Buffalo does need a tight end. However, I think that Hollister has about the same talent as Dawson Knox. So I, uh, it, Hollister is a good move just because he has chemistry with Josh Allen that played at the same college. So not a bad move, someone to keep an eye on. However, at the start of this season, I do not believe that any of these players will be fantasy relevant. Moving on to the Miami Dolphins, Jacoby Brissett. He's going to be a backup. Um, Malcolm Brown is a is kind of a, I feel like, a move that went under the radar. Signed a one-year deal. Uh, I expect the same kind of snap count. Uh, the same involvement is the better word. The same involvement as he had last year uh, with the Rams. I think Miles Gaskin is still going to be Involved a lot. I would expect at the beginning of the season more of a 50-50 split between Brown and Gaskin. Uh, and I expect them to just kind of roll with that until one outshines the other. So I would say both Brown and Gaskin at the moment low bench players. So with potential. So both of them should be going in the draft uh, in your fantasy draft. Will Fuller signed with the Miami Dolphins one year deal. That's a pretty, uh, pretty exciting there. Miami Dolphins is wide receiver one. Will Fuller could be that guy. Uh, they're building around Tua. They're trying to give him all the weapons that um, that they can. And Will Fuller is a great signing. He will miss Week One, obviously, due to due to uh, due to breaking some rules. But he'll be back Week Two, and he should be the locked and loaded wide receiver one. Uh, in terms of fantasy, I think he'll 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 have less. He won't perform as well as he did last season uh, under Deshaun Watson. That was a just a great situation that he had over there. Just an awesome quarterback thrown to him. This is Tua. He's a rookie. He's going to make some mistakes. Uh, Fuller is still going to be fantasy relevant, but he's going to be more of a flex player rather than a wide receiver too. Um, that's about it on the Miami Dolphins. Now let's talk about the team that made probably the most free agent signings. Uh, New England Patriots. What the heck? I did not expect the Patriots to, to, to splash in free agency. 
Uh, I did not predict a lot of players going to the Patriots, and they just ruined all my predictions. So starting out, Cam Newton uh, re-signed with the team one-year deal. Uh, I don't like this move. I don't think Cam Newton is the right quarterback for New England. I think that he is not going to be... He's going to get those rushing touchdowns. He's going to get the red zone touchdowns, but he's not going to throw for a lot of yards. He's going to turn the ball over a ton. So in terms of fantasy, I'm passing on Cam Newton. I think I value him the same as I value Daniel Jones. Actually, now that Kenny Galladay signed for the Giants, I might value Daniel Jones higher than Cam Newton. So avoiding Cam Newton at all costs, he's like a Drew Locke to me. It's, It's a... If there's no other quarterbacks available and you're really desperate, then you have to pick him up if there's no other option. But I don't like Cam Newton for fantasy. Uh, and because Cam Newton is the quarterback for the Patriots, I, I believe that a, a lot of these new signings lose value. Nelson Aguilar, for example, signed a two-year deal. Uh, I, he's not going to be as good as he was last year. I think he's going to be a a solid bench player. And he is going to be the main target for out of the receivers for the New England Patriots. But I I don't see him having a very productive year. Uh, Kendrick Bourne, I don't think is fantasy relevant yet. We've got to see what he can do. Here's the weird stuff. Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith both signed for the Patriots. Henry for three years. Jonu Smith for four. I don't understand this move. I understand signing one, uh, but signing both of the top tight ends in free agency really confuses me. It looks like they're trying to go back to the Rob Gronkowski, Aaron Hernandez days where they had two star tight ends. Uh, But, you know, you need a good quarterback for that. And I don't think Cam Newton's that guy. I think Henry and Smith both have tight end two, uh, a high end tight end two value with tight end one upside. But it, I, if I had Henry or Smith as my starting tight end, I'm worried. Uh, and mainly because John Smith and Hunter Henry are both very good red zone targets. And I believe they will be just blocking for Cam Newton as he runs it in. Um, yeah, I, I just don't. I, the, Cam Newton's value is the goal line rushing touchdowns. And that's where Janu. Smith's and Hunter Henry's values are are the red zone targets, and they that's going to take a big hit. So definitely a, a good backup tight end because they still have potential of being uh, like a, a, a top-tier tight end. I'm not going to say top 10, but top 15 for sure. However, with, with Cam Newton at quarterback, I don't want to take that risk. <clears throat> All right, moving on to the New York Jets. Uh, two signings here that's worth mentioning. Keelan Cole and Corey Davis, both wide receivers. Obviously, Cole formerly on the Jaguars. Corey Davis formerly on the Titans. Uh, yeah, it's a pretty good wide receiver core. Corey Davis, Jameson Crowder, Keelan Cole, Denzel Mims. That's not bad for uh Sam Darnold or whatever quarterback they're going to draft second overall. Um, I, I see Corey Davis having a, a big fantasy impact. I think that he can be a, a decent flex at, in in most occasions. It obviously depends on the quarterback situation. Um, I would feel more comfortable at the start if Sam Darnold is the quarterback. 
just because we know what we're getting out of him. He can make some wide receivers fantasy relevant. Jameson Crowder uh, was a good example of that at the beginning of last season. Keelan Cole is probably a, a borderline draftable player. Um, it, just because I don't know how he's going to compare with Denzel Mims for that wide receiver three. I think Mims is talented. I think Mims could beat Keelan Cole for that wide receiver three spot. However, I can totally see in the first five or six weeks Keelan Cole as a wide receiver three. So Corey Davis for sure as a I, I, I think he could be the wide receiver one for the New York Jets. So I would put him in a flex spot. Uh, and Keelan Cole, someone to keep an eye on, see how he does the first couple weeks, and then uh, evaluate from there. I I don't think he's going to be that. He he maybe have one or two games where he'll, he'll be start-worthy. But um, yeah, Keelan Cole, I don't think is going to be that fantasy relevant this year. Uh, moving on to the AFC North, uh, Baltimore Ravens. Nothing. Nothing for the Baltimore Ravens. I expected a big wide receiver signing. I predicted Kenny Galladay. Uh, that didn't happen. I would have thought they would they would have picked up a Juju. Probably not Juju, but a Corey Davis, Will Fuller, Marvin Jones. Nothing. They didn't get anything. No fantasy-relevant players there. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals. Nothing there. I mean, they improved on their defense. Good for them. But no fantasy-relevant players. Uh, Cleveland Browns re-signed Richard Higgins as the wide receiver three. That's about it. Borg, he's kind of on the same level as Keelan Cole, a fringe uh, fantasy-relevant player. Pittsburgh Steelers re-signing Juju Smith-Schuster to a one-year prove-it deal worth $8 million. Now, when I say prove-it, it's that one-year deal Juju needs to prove that he uh, is the wide receiver one for the Steelers. He needs to prove that he belongs on this team. And then if he does have a very good season, if he proves his worth, then the Steelers will re-sign him. They'll extend his contract. Uh, so this will be a fun year out of Juju. This is most likely going to be Ben Roethlisberger's final season uh, in Pittsburgh. So it's going to be interesting to see who they're going to pick up as a backup because it's not going to be Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne Haskins is not going to be the future for the Steelers. Uh, Juju this year is fantasy relevant once again. He is a solid, I would say, wide receiver, lower end wide receiver two, high end wide receiver three. So I actually really like Juju this year. Uh, I think he's going to be second best receiver for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Moving on to the AFC South. Uh, yeah, really nothing happened in the AFC North. Yikes. AFC South, Houston Texans picking up two quarterbacks. That uh, might be an implication of Deshaun Watson leaving. We'll see what happens there. Um, but pretty early on, one of the first free agent moves, Mark Ingram signs a one-year deal with the Houston Texans, as well as Philip Lindsay signing a one-year deal uh, with the Texans. So, they have Mark Ingram, they have Philip Lindsay, and they have David Johnson. The question is, which one, who's going to be the number one? Uh, I have Mark Ingram as the number one, then David Johnson in, I would say, receiving plays, kind of 1B, and then Philip Lindsay as the, uh, the third string. I think Ingram will get most of the touches. I think he will get most of the red zone work. 
Uh, but David Johnson will only have standalone value in a PPR league. That's just my take there. I don't know what this Texans team is doing. It's a very confusing team, uh, but it just it, it 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 makes sense that Mark Ingram will be the the lead back and David Johnson coming in for receiving plays. So, uh, if you're in a PPR league, David Johnson would be the worst because you're you're going to get him for very cheap, uh, and Mark Ingram as a backup running back on your fantasy team. Um, yeah, the Texans have been making a lot of moves though, picking up a a ton of defenders, um, ton of players like Dante Moncrief and like, like Andre Roberts, just little like offensive players that could maybe make an impact. Um, but we'll see Indianapolis Colts, obviously the trade for Carson Wentz. We talked about that value before. Uh, so we're not really gonna, gonna get into that too much. Although pretty excited for Wentz. He's got a high upside, but he's also got a low floor because we've seen what, how bad Wentz is. Uh, last year, and we've seen in 2017 how good Wentz can be under Frank Reich. Now that he's got a better receiving core, uh, even though they still can improve, Wentz should be a, a high-potential quarterback. Uh, Marlon Mack re-signing with the Indianapolis Colts, kind of a, a big hit for Jonathan Taylor owners uh, like myself. Mack is just going to be the backup. Jonathan Taylor is one of the best running backs in this league already. Um, yeah, Ma- Max solid backup. I would say he's a higher value handcuff. If you want to draft him, uh, you can get him pretty late as well. Cause a lot of people are forgetting about him. It's a one year deal as well. So if you're in dynasty, uh, yeah, Mac could maybe have a good season as a backup and hopefully sign as a starter with another team later on. But, in terms of fantasy relevance, obviously a bench player until something happens to Jonathan Taylor. If something happens to Jonathan Taylor, Mac will have a lot of value. Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, they said they wanted to bring a competition for James Robinson, and they brought in Carlos Hyde, so we're still really waiting on that competition. Um, wide receivers, they signed a, a couple. Jamal Agnew, Philip Dorsett, but the big one is Marvin Jones, uh, formerly on the Detroit Lions. That's a good move. He is going to be the wide receiver three uh, for the team. You're going to have Chark on one side, Marvin Jones on the other, LaVisca Chenault most likely at the slot position. Uh, and I like this. I like this. You're you're getting weapons for Trevor Lawrence. You're losing a ton of receivers to free agency. And bringing in Marvin Jones is a very good signing. So he's very talented. Um, got a couple years left in the tank. I think that's a very good move. I would draft Marvin Jones as a probably the... the He'll be one of your better bench receivers, so definitely fantasy relevant. Uh, and, you know, he, he's got upside on that team. He could even be better than DJ Chark. Who knows? So, yeah, I would say definitely fantasy relevant. He should go pretty late as well, uh, just because there's a lot of question marks around him. Plus, it's another year, and he's getting older and all that crap. But Marvin Jones, fantasy relevant once again. Uh, glad he made the move. Glad he made the move to Jacksonville. And last but not least in this division, Tennessee Titans. Nothing. Nothing big. Um, they did re-sign their former backup tight end, Anthony Ferkser. Now he will be the starting tight end. So someone to keep an eye on, maybe. Uh, definitely not 
counting on him to be fantasy relevant, but someone to keep an eye on just because John Smith was pretty involved last year in the red zone. And so was Ferkser. Ferkser actually showed, uh, showed some potential. So just a guy to keep an eye on. Next up, AFC West. Uh, nah, the, nothing for the Denver Broncos. They re-signed some defenders. They got Justin Simmons which I think is a very good move. They just uh, recently, right before I started recording this, uh, signed Kyle Fuller. So great moves on defense there, but in terms of offense, fantasy-relevant players, uh, no one yet. Mike Boone's going to be the backup running back, but yeah, not nothing there. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs, same thing. Nothing, really nothing there. They picked up Joe Thune. For uh, offensive guard, that's a good move. And Kyle Long. Um, so, you know, that that helps their offensive line a lot, but nothing too big there. Let's get into the Las Vegas Raiders. Let's get into the, in my opinion, one of the stupidest moves that you can make in free agency is signing Kenyon Drake to a two-year, $11 million deal you got him for cheap, good for you, but you have Josh Jacobs. That sucks. That really, if you're a Josh Jacobs owner or even a Kenyon Drake owner, I, I feel so bad. I would be so annoyed. I would be so annoyed and, uh, just to, to not use any bad words. Um, yeah, Josh Jacobs is a beast. He is a kind of fringe RB1. He is an RB1. Um, he's projected to go in the first round, or was. Then you bring in Kenyon Drake. Yeah, Drake is a receiving back, but so is Josh Jacobs. They're not. They the Raiders were not utilizing Josh Jacobs in the receiving game, and he is so talented. In college, he was an amazing receiving back. He was a do it all guy, uh, but they just haven't utilized him in that position. So they're bringing Kenyon Drake, which impacts Josh Jacobs. So he goes from a RB1 to a RB2 uh, on your fantasy team. Kenyon Drake goes from an RB1 to, I, I want to say an RB3 or a flex, just because he's not going to be the starter. Josh Jacobs is a starter, but Kenyon Drake is going to eat into his snap count. Drake will be involved in the passing game, so in a PPR league, he has a little higher value. Uh, however, I see Drake right now if I were to draft him, Drake would be a bench player and Josh Jacobs as an RB, low end RB2. Cause I do like I can I can see worst case. Like this is just a better situation. Um it, it, it's the same situation, but just better players. Uh like like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers run game last year with Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette. I think it's that same situation just taken up a notch with better talent. So it's ugly. It's ugly, and it's going to piss a lot of people off. And, uh, yeah, it, it's just a shame it's, for fantasy, for just regular football for the Raiders. You got two very talented running backs. I mean, you, you can see th- there's two ways where this can go. It can either go like the Tampa Bay situation where you have – Two running backs eating up each other's shares, or like Buffalo Bills, like same thing. They're just eating into each other's fantasy points, and nobody's happy about it. Or you look at the Cleveland Browns and you see Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt as two top 10 fantasy 
running backs last season, and you say, I want that. It is a risk picking up Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake, but the reward could be very high. They could, I mean, it could be another Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. And that's kind of their level of talent. I see Josh Jacobs almost as good as Nick Chubb, and I see Kenyon Drake just as good as Kareem Hunt, if not better. So, yeah, it it all depends on how the Raiders utilize him. It all depends on if you want to take a risk that early on in the draft for your fantasy team. I like to play it safe for the first two rounds, so I do not want to risk drafting Josh Jacobs just because I I don't know. It, it could get really bad. So very high upside for both of these players. Very, very low floor for them as well. Uh, John Brown signs with the Raiders. Ah, not that big of a deal. Um, borderline fantasy relevant. I'm, I'm probably going to avoid him. He's getting old. Uh, downgrade into Derek Carr. It's going to be a run first team, especially if you pick up Kenyon, especially once they picked up Kenyon Drake. So uh, I'm going to pass on the Raiders receivers going into the season. And last but not least for the AFC, Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, picking up Jared Cook, I guess, is the only fantasy relevant player. Cook is a fringe tight end one, high end tight end two with. Uh, with some pretty good upside. I mean, you got Herbert thrown to you. They need a red zone target. Jared Cook is that big-bodied guy. So, you know, the only downside is he's, he's he's old. And, you know, I don't see a lot of yards out of him. But he's, he's going to be very touchdown dependent. So if everything goes well, he should be fantasy relevant. Because he can get eight or nine touchdowns this season. Heck, he can even get 10 or 11. Depending on how they utilize him. But, uh, yeah. In a PPR league, Cook loses a little value. In a standard league, Cook should be should be a, a low-end tight end one. Moving on to the NFC, we'll start with the NFC East. Obviously, Dallas Cowboys uh, signing Dak Prescott to a four-year deal worth 160 mil. I think that's a good move. I've been saying it for the last two years. Pay the man. Uh, Dak Prescott's one of the best talents, uh, best best quarterbacks in the NFL. I think he's underrated. Uh, if you ask me, and yeah, he, he's he's gonna be. I if everything goes right, I, he's gonna be a top five, uh, quarterback this season in fantasy. I think that's a a, a safe uh, opinion. But if you want me to go bold, I think that he can finish as a number one. I think he could be the number one quarterback this season. He's got the weapons. He's got the the perfect situation where the Dallas Cowboys defense is so bad that their offense is going to just need to keep throwing the ball. And with C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup, and Amari Cooper, I think Dak Prescott can really perform this season. So going into this year, I'm going to be targeting Dak Prescott. It's a little bit of a risk just because he he's, has that injury. Um, so, you know, you're, you're taking a risk there. Who knows what player he's going to be coming back from this season-ending injury. So... But, you know, I, I'm, I'm taking that risk. He's so talented. I love the team that's built around him from a fantasy perspective. Elliott should be back in form. All three of those receivers that I previously mentioned, Lamb, Cooper, and Gallup, all should be fantasy relevant once again. I think Amari Cooper as a wide receiver two. I think CeeDee Lamb as a wide receiver two with wide receiver one upside. CeeDee Lamb should have a monstrous season. And Michael Gallup as a top bench or a 
low-end flex player. Moving on to the New York Giants. Uh, well, first of all, good news, you get Squam Park the back. He's going to be back from injury. That's going to be great. Uh, also, you signed, you finally signed a wide receiver one. Congratulations, New York. It's been five years, uh, but you have a wide receiver one. Kenny Galladay, four-year deal, 72 mil. Very good move. Giants had the cap space, and they needed to pick up a receiver. They really needed to. Uh, still wouldn't be surprised if they draft another one. Uh, they just lost Golden Tate. Now they have Kenny Galladay. They also picked up John Ross, which I think is a good move as well. He's kind of underrated in my opinion. Uh, he's going to fly under the radar. I think that he'll John Ross will be borderline draftable, but I, I will. I'll keep an eye on him. That's something. That's that's a player to keep an eye on. But Kenny Galladay. He was a wide receiver one uh, two years ago. Obviously, he was drafted as a wide receiver one last year, but was injured most of the season. I see him this year as a wide receiver two, a very high-end wide receiver two, uh, but it's Daniel Jones. That's what you got to think of. Daniel Jones is the quarterback. It's a step down from Matthew Stafford. Maybe this is all the, that Daniel Jones needed. Maybe all he needed was a talented a clear-cut wide receiver one uh, to actually perform like a good quarterback, and Galladay will be that guy. So, uh, you know, Galladay still might be drafted uh, as that wide receiver one that we all see him as. However, that's not where I value him, and that's not where you should value him. Uh, It's a downgrade at quarterback. So I don't really know what to expect. I think Galladay is going to be a very good wide receiver, too. However, he could pull in Allen Robinson and still be a top 10 wide receiver, even with a crap quarterback. So, And Galladay, compared to Robinson, very similar. So Galladay's got that wide receiver one upside. He's got top 10 upside. Very excited for him this season. I will most likely be drafting him third round if he falls. So uh, Philadelphia Eagles really they haven't done anything in uh, free agency. But tackle and two safeties. Anthony Harris is good, good uh, signing there, but uh, nothing fantasy relevant. Washington football team, however, they got some fantasy relevant players. They picked up quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick for a one-year deal. Uh, he said something really funny. He said every game is a revenge game because he's played for every dang team in the NFL. Uh, that's pretty funny. Love the man. He'll be competing with Taylor Heineke for that quarterback one position. Uh, I can see where Fitzpatrick starts the first five, six weeks, and then they put in Heineke. Yeah, I, I don't know what's going to happen there. I, I think that it would be the best uh, best option for Washington to move up in the draft and draft quarterback because uh, I don't think Mac Jones is going to fall to them. But they need to look for a future quarterback, and it's not Heineke, and it's definitely not Fitzpatrick. However, in terms of fantasy, Fitzpatrick is a great quarterback too. Uh, and he he's a good stream streamable quarterback uh, because of the weapons that that they now have. So there's Terry McLaurin. You got great running backs in uh, Antonio Gibson and J.D. McKissick, who both can catch. Now you just brought in Curtis Samuel for a three year deal. Love this guy. I'm uh, he. I was like, wherever Curtis Samuel goes, I think he's going to make a big impact, especially if he's a wide receiver too. Uh, Curtis Samuel, he can do it. He can do everything. 
He can do everything. He's going to do jet sweeps. He's going to go deep. He's going to play in the slot. Like, I love this guy. Curtis Samuel is such a great signing for Washington football team. It's the player is that, that fits that team the most. Uh, and in terms of fantasy, I'm all in on Samuel. You could get him for very cheap, and you will get a very big payoff. So I think Samuel as a flex option, just a solid lock and load of flex option week in and week out. He'll have some weeks that disappoint you, but I think he'll have more, he'll have a lot better, a lot more good weeks than bad. So very excited for that. Um, and you're going to get him very late in the draft. I mean, you can get him, you, you'll draft him as like your second bench wide receiver, but he'll perform like a, like a starter. So, uh, NFC North time. Andy Dalton is now the starting quarterback for the Chicago Bears. Uh, will I be drafting him? No, not even close. Allen Robinson got the franchise tag. Obviously, I talked about him a little bit earlier when I was comparing him to Kenny Galladay. He's a top 10 wide receiver, top 15 at the worst. Uh, and he's been this way for the last couple years. He's played under Mitch Trubisky. Nick Foles, Blake Bortles, and he's still a top-tier wide receiver. So it's a shame that he can't get a good quarterback in his career, uh, but he's still got a little bit of that left. So hopefully hopefully he can switch teams. I just, the Bears aren't going to get a good quarterback, and Robinson's not going to get a good quarterback if he stays on the team. But I don't know. There's rumors that Robinson's going to be traded. I don't think that the Bears are going to get rid of him, especially because they couldn't sign Galladay. Um so it's going to be another year of Robinson with a crappy quarterback. And by crappy, I mean not fantasy relevant. Kind of brings Robinson's value down a little bit. But Robinson, you should be drafting him second or third round. Uh, and he'll, he'll perform just like you're drafting him. He'll be a, a top 10, top 15 wide receiver at the worst. Uh, nothing else there in, in Chicago. Uh, Detroit Lions obviously trading for... Jared Goff, uh, I'm not adamant at all about drafting Goff. I'm also not adamant about any wide receivers for Detroit. They did pick up Rashad Perriman. They did pick up Tyrell Williams. I'm not interested at all um, in any of those. Hawkinson's the only player that I value. And, you know, I I, I rate him the same as like a, a Mike Gesicki, no Fant maybe just because it's the downgrading quarterback, didn't have a good season last year. There's potential, but, you know, if I'm drafting Hawkinson, I'm getting a good backup, just in case. Uh, Jamal Williams, formerly on the Green Bay Packers, signs as the backup for uh, DeAndre Swift. It's a tough one. Uh, Williams is a good receiving back. However, I think Swift is just as good, if not better. So I I see Williams as a, a sole backup. Uh, one of the higher handcuffs that you can get in fantasy, so Williams should be a guy to target on your team, uh, even if you don't have DeAndre Swift. But if you have DeAndre Swift on your team, Williams should be basically a, a must for your team. You should get him immediately. Um, Green Bay Packers re-signing Aaron Jones. I talked about it earlier in a past episode, I think in my free agency predictions, uh, why I believe that Aaron Jones is uh, re-signing is a great move for the Packers. Aaron Jones is going to be a top five running back. A lot of people think he's going to uh, regress. Maybe, but 
I I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna say they're just gonna they're just gonna keep that ball rolling. He might score. He he might get like three or four less touchdowns, but I don't see him really falling off too much. I think we got four more years of Aaron Jones being a top ten running back. So he's gonna go first round, second round, and you're gonna get the value out of him. Uh, Minnesota Vikings, nothing. Uh, moving on, NFC South, nothing for the Falcons. Carolina Panthers, uh, not really anything. They picked up Dan Arnold, but that's not really a um, upgrade for tight end. Um, David Moore will now be the wide receiver three. I don't think he's relevant yet. We'll see what they do at quarterback. I know they're sticking with Teddy for now, but come draft time, I believe they can get Trey Lance, and that is a whole nother thing. Uh, that I don't need to get into because I'm very excited about the draft and it will be coming out uh, with a mock draft episode closer towards the draft. So sometime in April, mid-April, maybe a week or two uh, before the NFL draft, I'm going to come out with a mock draft episode and I'm super excited for it. Uh, Let's get back on track here. New Orleans Saints signing Jameis Winston. Obviously, Drew Brees retires. Jameis Winston is the starting quarterback now. He'll be competing with Taysom Hill, but I cannot see him losing to Taysom Hill. Uh, Wilson with a one-year deal. Oh, sorry, not Wilson. Winston with a one-year deal. Uh, kind of a kind of a prove-it deal. You know, um, Michael Thomas should be back. I think that Thomas is going to go a little bit later in drafts. I think that there's a high upside, but a very high risk for Michael Thomas. Uh, and Winston is going to be a good backup. So I'm going to keep an eye on maybe a streamable quarterback if you roll that way. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they franchise tag Chris Godwin. He's going to have the same amount of value as last season, top 10. Uh, Resign Gronk. He's going to have the same amount of value as last year. Fringe top 10, streamable tight end. Uh, and that's it for fantasy implications for fantasy players. All right, moving on to the final division. Uh, we got the NFC West, the Arizona Cardinals signing A.J. Green to a one-year deal. Uh, yeah, the, I like A.J. Green. I think he has a lot of potential on this team. I think that he can be a good bench player, and I think there could be a couple weeks where he is start-worthy. Uh, I'm actually pretty high on A.J. Green this year, this season, uh, with Kyler Murray as the quarterback with not a lot of pressure on Green. Uh, and moving on from the Cincinnati Bengals, I think Green still wants to prove that he can be a top-wide receiver. Uh, I like this move. Uh, unfortunately, this kind of means that Larry Fitzgerald might not be on the team anymore. We'll see where he goes. Um, yeah, A.J. Green, someone to keep an eye on. He's that player that I'm drafting very late in the draft. But he's a risky player that has potential to be great. Uh, he, yeah, I'm very excited for him this season. Um, obviously, other top free agents is that J.J. Watt. That's a big deal for Rodney Hudson, but not fantasy relevant. Uh, Los Angeles Rams, only big fantasy relevant player, Matthew Stafford. We talked about uh, him previously in our free agent quarterback episode. Um, I like him. Good backup. I think he's he's got... Potential to be a, a quarterback one this season. Um, he's got some very good weapons, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup. And yeah, he's a streamable quarterback with good upside. 
All right. San Francisco 49ers. Didn't do a lot. Uh, a lot of good players like like Trent Williams re-signing and Jason Verrett, but nothing fantasy relevant. So we're moving on to the final team. That is the Seattle Seahawks re-signing Chris Carson to a two-year deal. I think that's a good move. I've always liked Carson. I'm a big believer in him. Uh, yeah, I, I just he doesn't fit the Seahawks offense the best. I don't think they're using him to his full potential. However, uh, Carson does have a big fumbling problem. He will still be the number one running back, and he will still perform as a RB2, RB3 on your fantasy team with, uh, I would say, RB1 upside. It just depends how the Seahawks utilize him. I know Russell Wilson was kind of talking about how upset he is with the offensive playbook, and maybe they'll kind of work together together to figure uh, things out, and Chris Carson could value from that. So I like Carson uh, going into the season. You can get him, uh, I would say, sixth, sixth round, fifth round, and uh, I, I think that that's a good value for him. Uh, last but not least, Gerald Everett signing with the Seattle Seahawks. They need a good tight end. Everett is going to be okay. Uh, I he he would he's a guy kind of like when I was talking about AJ Green, where I will be drafting Everett very late in this draft because I think he could go undrafted. But I'm going to draft Everett late in hopes that he has that that potential that I see in him on this team. Obviously it's a, it's a high passing offense to Russell Wilson. He's very talented. And uh, yeah, I feel like the tight end is, is the position that they've been missing for a while. And we've seen previous Seahawks tight ends actually being fantasy relevant. Um, For example, Hollister was, was fantasy relevant at one point. Will Disley, um, Greg Olson had his moments, obviously, but that's not really the point there. But yeah, we we've seen like like Disley being like he he would finish some weeks as a as a tight end like three for that week, and it's just like it's Will Disley, like what? So Everett is a step up above Hollister and Disley and Greg Olson. So I think there's potential there for him to be a. Uh, an actually good streamable tight end uh, and he could emerge as a good option, good starting option. There's a lot of these tight ends this season where they're, I, I kind of view them as that same level where they all have potential to be a top tight end, but I, I just think I'm a little hesitant on him. So he's one of those players. I think he he's a, he's a risk I'm willing to take because there's not really much risk towards it. Uh, just because you're going to get him super late. So, yeah, kind of excited to see where he goes. So we still have a few free agents that we're, uh, we're waiting on that haven't signed yet. For example, T.Y. Hilton, I think, is still could be fantasy relevant. Uh, a lot of running backs like James White, Mike Davis, J- uh, James Conner, Leonard Fournette, very excited to see where they go, as lo- uh, along with Le'Veon Bell and Todd Gurley. So we're still waiting on. A couple of these players, Zach Ertz, I'm waiting on as well, even though he's technically not a free agent. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens next week. And uh, I guess next free agent recap episode is going to be a little bit shorter uh, just because a lot happened this week. It was very exciting. 
Uh, I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. And um, yeah, that's all I got. We'll see you next time.